With Refactor, we give the floor to the awesome and diverse people who make up tech. Take a listen to get incredible insight and glimpses into our future of work. I'm very glad to welcome Alex Morton. Hello, Alex. Hello. She's currently a um, software engineer at Orbit, orbit.love. She will talk a bit about that later. Uh, but first, I want to talk about her career, which is uh, quite unusual. She's totally self-taught, and I really want to hear more about that. So, Alex, can you tell us how you came to be a software engineer? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I have been a software engineer officially for about four months now. Um, I, I started mm -hmm. my, my first job as a, a junior software engineer at a startup called Orbit at the beginning of this year, 2021, in January. Um, I have previous experience in kind of a, a lot of different things. Um, just mo more, most recently, uh, I was working in customer support with another uh, US-based startup, <clears throat> but um, that was totally remote distributed. And that was kind of my first foray into tech, into the tech and startup world. And I really loved it. I really loved uh, the feeling of learning every single day and learning new things and, and um, just kind of being at this uh, intersection of, of so much going on and so much happening. Um, before that, I, uh, I worked as a, an English teacher in a high school here in France. Um, I worked as a, a, a nanny with a family, like an au pair. Um, yeah, and then at the end of, it was at the end of 2019, I, I ended up leaving my last job in customer support with a startup. And before that, I knew that I eventually wanted to make a transition into web development. I had started teaching myself how to code just static websites. That was during your experience at, at the startup, right? That yeah. you started to learn by yourself. Is that because you were working with developers maybe or? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely had like a lot of interactions with, with developers at, at the startup. Um, and I, I think I had always, I've, I had previously tried to learn how to code and then it never really took. And then all suddenly I, I really, I really was, I don't even know what the, uh, motivation was, but I just kind of started learning um, on Code Academy and just kind of like HTML, CSS, building static websites, um, kind of finding my design look that I liked. And um, yeah, and then kind of just like going to the engineers on my team and just be like letting them know that I was thinking about possibly making some sort of transition if they could give me feedback on my work. Mm. And I had a couple of them who were really, really encouraging. And oh, so some kind of mentoring, maybe they were like, yeah, yeah, definitely. What to look for, what kind, what, what kind of resources you should. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the big things, too, was like, I, I think when you're first starting out with something like that, you're really looking for this like next step what's the next step like what's mm. this like linear okay this goes after this goes after this but there really isn't and even from no. that early yeah even from but that it's early reassuring time, you know we always think okay this yeah. has to be a linear progression but there isn't and, uh, there isn't yeah and even when i'd ask um my mentors the the software engineers on on that team like okay what's next they'd just be like honestly you just have to take one step forward what is like what does that look like from here and then just go for it <laughs> and so yeah, that's how it was at the end of 2019. I left that job and um, 
I kind of had this like full uh, decision of like, okay, I'm going to make the transition. This is the year that I, um, you know, build my portfolio and mm. I find a job as a software engineer. Did you do some freelance work maybe? Did you try to... Uh... Yeah, before, um, I guess before any of this, I had actually worked as a freelancer um, in web design. So not necessarily developing websites um, from scratch, but just like using a platform like Squarespace mm. um, and in building websites for clients who were uh, running small businesses or who were <clears throat> entrepreneurs themselves. And um, I, I would I would do that. And that, and that was going for a, a while. So I feel like that definitely had some sort of influence into uh, ending up as an engineer, just like kind of being really interested in how websites worked. And not only that, but just like kind of everything that goes into like hooking them up to an, a newsletter or like, um, I don't know, kind of like being able to integrate with social media sharing and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, I did do I did double in a bit of freelance work, but not not a ton over the last over that year that I was making that transition. Mm -hmm. So it was 2020, the year that really changed everything, right? Yeah, 2020 was the yeah, was that year. And something that is very interesting to me is that one of your strategy was to build a very strong personal brand. Mm. Yeah. So um, I think that when you are trying to break into any sort of job or, or not even like in, in software engineering, but when you're trying to apply for any sort of job, um, it's so easy to get stuck in this like the this kind of like hamster wheel or this treadmill of like, um, kind of the same thing. So like the same generic cover letter, um, mm -hmm. but like you hear all the time that it's like this numbers game of like, okay, just put out all of the um, applications that you can and then you'll hear back from a select few. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of like wasn't inspired by that. And it, it really didn't like when, when I was applying for things and you know, you have to get to know companies that you want to work for to be able to like set yourself apart in the cover letter. I just feel I, I started to feel like companies um, that already have their like job description out there, like with the list of what they want and everything, they already have this exact kind of archetype or person that they're looking for. And so mm. it almost becomes this like uh, phenomenon of having to fit yourself into this box of exactly what they're expecting. And so I kind of turned that on its head a little bit for me. I was like, you know what, I need to I'm just going to like create this outward facing brand or persona mm. for myself so that uh, eventually like I, I do have something to show um, that's not just like, okay, here's my, you know, tutorial built that I built and like that's probably so many other people have built as well. Something that really helped me, helps me like stand out and... Um, yeah, because it, if you compare yourself to other people that had like traditional backgrounds or maybe... Uh, studied uh, engineering, you would lose basically. Yeah. And so what, what are the things that you worked on to, uh, to grow your personal brand? I mean, you, your social networks, uh, of course, profiles, but uh, you were talking about tutorials, so you were creating content too? Oh yeah. So yeah, for that, uh, I was creating content, but not tutorial content. I was creating content more from the uh, perspective of just documenting my journey. 
Um, so basically what that meant was just put, uh, making, building my portfolio where I housed any projects that I'd built or coded, um, and then having another tab on there as my blog, which ended up just being this like HTML file that just like an infinite scroll. And I would add every day and I was like, okay, I'm sure that'll, um, you know, create some sort of more advanced functionality for this, but I never did because I was like, you know what, it's working for me and it's easy to just go into this file every day and just add my whatever I've been doing. Um, so that blog of, of, of documenting my journey, whether it's just like a, this is what I learned yesterday about JavaScript variables or something like something so basic, but just like, wow, okay, this is what I learned. So now on this day, like February 4th, 2020, I can look back and see, see that that's exactly what I learned then. Um, and then it kind of morphed more into uh, just like mindset, uh, kind of having the right frame of mind for different things and um, kind of just commenting on the overall journey of uh, themes I've learned of, of just like cultivating patience on the whole path and like kind of trusting the process and, and kind of staying on that on that path. Um, so blogging was definitely one getting active on Twitter was another one. I had never, I had never used Twitter really before I was kind of intimidated by it. And, but I, I had seen that there's, there was, there's just this thriving tech community on Twitter. Um, and so I kind of just started, uh, dabbling in Twitter, following people that were also on that same journey um i think there's that hashtag 100 days of code yeah i had that in mind when you were talking about that yeah. there's like a movement you were spearheading it maybe about that of uh, building things out in the open you know yeah exactly no and, and that's the thing too like any any project i would build um i would yeah try to like showcase a little bit of it on on twitter just like doing a quick loom demo of it and then just throwing it up on Twitter. Um, I always looked at things and I always looked at what people were doing and I, and I kind of gravitated toward what was most interesting for me and really the most visual things. And It's interesting because it seems very obvious to, to like have a portfolio and showcase what you did before, but it's still not the norm. I mean, as a recruiter myself, I find so few people in profile that have a full GitHub or a blog and and those people they stand out and mm -hmm. I myself uh, I'm self-taught too and I found I had my first job as an engineer because I have had a very uh, full GitHub profile with things that I built myself and that's really something that is obvious that you can read everywhere but still so few people are doing it I don't know the reasons exactly but uh, yeah maybe you intimidated or but you don't have to be too self-conscious about what you do as a recruiter or you know that some people are junior. It's more about uh, the will to do it out in the open and then the content itself. If anything, also matters, of course, the quality of the content. But we, we've, yeah, that's something that I found really interesting. It's obvious, but still so few people are doing it. And the people that do it, like yourself, like you did, stand out, basically. So there's still a lot of room for people with non-traditional backgrounds and uh... yeah that it's so true because I, I don't know I, I agree I don't know of course it's easier to not like learn in public and not feel like you're making a fool of yourself even though and so I think it really comes down to just having a totally different frame of mind about mm. it um, I think a lot of people maybe come from this uh, thought process of like okay well it's not perfect so I'm not gonna put it out there until it's perfect but then in that case, no one's ever going to see anything. True. And then it's this weird cycle of never getting to the level that you want to be. Everyone 
has their own unique spin to put on something and they don't realize that they real they, they feel like they have to be this like cookie cutter representation of what they think people are looking for but as soon as they are able to really embrace what they like what they personally find interesting and then translate that into something that they build uh, and have a story about it and are passionate about it and like that's that's exactly it that's what makes people stand out and that's also like when you have like one or two projects like that that you really put this energy into and you take the time and you really it's like really 100% yours um, it gives you so much so, something like so much deeper to talk about also in interviews and, and things like that yeah and that's that's funny because yeah I talked to some engineers and they have like very interesting side projects they're really passionate about them but they don't open source them or put them on the GitHub because they think the code is not good enough or it's too weird or it's just a project that it would not talk to anybody else but that's not true so yeah that's something that a, a real a real advice just put it out there don't be too self-conscious for sure yeah definitely what's really interesting is that your your strategy paid off because uh, you found your job on twitter right yeah I, I i that was one of those things too that was like you you kind of see these uh miracle stories of people mm. making transitions into a different a totally different career and like oh yeah i was found on twitter um and so like when i when i was approached by my now colleague um at orbit on twitter uh via a direct message um kind of just saying hey listen i i've I've had a chance to look at some of your stuff that you've posted and like your projects that you've built. Um, he like mentioned a, a couple of them by by name and like description, which really felt amazing just to like see that like, oh, wow, so people are actually looking at this. You really checked are, out my... Yeah, people are things. actually... Totally, <laughs> totally. And um, and he is just like, you know, we, we are, we're, um, I don't, I don't know if you're looking for your next opportunity, but we have... Um, this is like who we are. If you want to check it out, like we can jump on a call as well. And so that was kind of how that conversation started. Um, but yeah, very surreal to, uh, yeah, to have that experience, um, especially as a self-taught in, in like your first, uh, your first job as a, as an engineer. They came to you, right? Yeah. 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 They came to me. Um, yeah, just via direct message. And that's okay. how that started. And then just like, said hello and... yeah, it started the conversation from there. Um, and then like within, I think it was a week or eight days, I had, I had an offer in hand. I had like met with the, with the CTO and the C and the CEO. And uh, at that time it was a very, yeah, at that time we were really, or it was a really small team. And um, I came on with my now another colleague now and as a number four and five uh, okay employees. so that was very early on the product yeah. was not launched maybe at the time it was just uh yeah no we uh yeah it was wasn't launched um we had our soft launch a, a couple months ago and then we have our full launch coming up um in a month from now actually exactly a month from today okay yeah and so uh, from what i understand your experience as a self-taught engineer did not fit uh, the stack that was uh, current that is currently used at Orbit, right? It's right. a different stack. It's a different stack. Yeah, I was teaching myself. I was kind of going down this whole like front end engineer um, JavaScript React route. Okay. Um, and then they the uh, Orbit is totally on uh, Ruby and Ruby on Rails, and so yeah, even during the interview process, I was like 
listen guys, I don't know Ruby on Rails. The most I've done is um, like a little tutorial on the documentation and they're like, no, no, that's, that's okay. Like we are, we're, we're, we, we'd love to like mentor you and, and help you and give you some time to, to learn on the job. And so basically they, they hired you more on, I mean, a lot on soft skills basically and on your personality and your, your, your energy and your will. I think so. I think so. That also paired with like, yeah, the kind of going back to our conversation about just like putting what I've learned out there and then kind of like demonstrating about learning quickly and yeah, being course. a self-starter. Your ability to, to, to learn quickly. Yeah, that's for sure. definitely. And that's like, that goes back to just like people should just put everything out there. And even yeah. if, especially when they're at that beginning stage, because then you have this concrete blueprint of what you've personally learned. And you know, that's funny because sometimes I've thought about deleting my old projects on my GitHub, you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, this is very old. I don't code like that anymore, but I've yeah. never done it. It's like, it's like an artifact of what I, yeah. what, what I was at the time. It, it's kind of cute, actually. You know, so, yes. so, I think that I've just added some disclaimer. Okay, this is some very old. Yes. But, please don't, please don't yeah, judge this don't as judge my current. But I've kept it, you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's like old photographs, you know, sometimes you have a bad haircut, but uh, it was you at the time, you know. <laughs> yeah, even like, it's like you want to delete it like now at this moment, but then like yeah. later in life, you're like, I know I'm going to look back on this and, and love exactly. it. So. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so true. Did you keep uh, everything yourself everywhere? Did you still have your portfolio up or? Yeah. yeah, I still do. I still do. I don't blog as much to it uh, anymore. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was, I was. When I first started my job, I was like kind of still keeping on strong, like daily in the morning. But then it starts to get to a point where you're like, oh, I, there's just not enough hours in the day to, exactly. to do everything. You also have a job now. And yeah, so this is a lot different than the all of 2020 when I just like directed <laughs> my days. Um, so, yeah, I try to still I try to still uh, post to um, the, the dev dev two. Um, uh, particularly around uh, lessons that I've learned, like in my time as a junior developer, I, I feel like sometimes I'm just struck by this inspiration to just like write because you're learning things every single day. Um, it, not necessarily, I mean, with the code, yes, and with programming, but just also uh, so much like about yourself and like mm. about um, working with others, like how to be a good, um, a good teammate. And also because when you're a junior, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of talk and, and, and this is, I mean, it's like a, a real thing of, of, of imposter syndrome, but I really think that it, that comes so much from our own thoughts and insecurities about ourselves as well. Not to say that that's like, I, I, I'm totally not dismissing anyone who, who feels imposter syndrome. Um, also, especially if they maybe don't have as supportive of teams or managers. Um, but there's so much to be said of just like when we, we do, uh, we are feeling those feelings of being an imposter or like not, or like we're somewhere where we shouldn't be. And we've kind of fooled people into getting into this, into this position. I think that it's so easy to fall down that rabbit hole of being like, well, I'm imp an imposter. So I'm, you know, I, you, you don't, you don't work as productively as you can because you're just like blocked by these thoughts. And so.
and you're like your brain is finding it, like evidence everywhere of being like look okay look they didn't respond to me in like five minutes so they they don't think i should be here <laughs> and it's like yeah. oh my god so i think that actively like for me i feel like i kind of got into that a little bit but then i would actively like turn my turn myself around and be like okay if i'm starting to feel like this like literally set a timer for one hour do what you need to do for this hour then move on to the next thing because then you're focusing on that and you're also getting things done so it's like okay even if i do have these feelings right now i'm, I'm still gonna like i'm not gonna have them manifest into something yeah that's a good advice And actually, you are mentoring people today um, at the Collab Lab. We'll talk about that later, but that's very, very interesting. That's also one way to give back and to talk about your own experience. Sure, yeah. And so I was wondering, um, at Orbit, what exactly do you do? Because um, from, my, from what I understand, it's an exper a community experience platform, right? What is it exactly? So basically, what Orbit is doing is we're, we're making it easy for people who who have communities to be able to have this like overall view of their community the easiest um like example of of the the benefit of orbit is just like people using uh, a spreadsheet for example to track all of their their people in their community what their people are are doing what they're talking about how they've been contributing to the community um orbit is basically this amazing tool that uh, that automates everything and, and puts um, its members into into the into the app so that you can really start creating these um, two way relationships with the individuals in your community rather than just like having your people in your community contribute to you and not really feeling like they're there's like a two way relationship there. So for, for instance, we, we work a lot with like developer communities right now. So for instance, if someone has an open source project, um, they can, they can integrate their, that, that GitHub repository to, um, to orbit, to the orbit app. And every time someone like creates a pull request or stars the repository, they'll get a little, um, it, they'll get an activity notification in orbit. And so from there, it also gives that owner of the repo the 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 opportunity to reach out to this person you know thank them for contributing or like share their work on summer so that it really starts creating this kind of like snowball effect of of community engagement um over time and and growing the community and it's like new channels to talk to the people in your communities and mm -hmm. that goes on top of everything else like github and it's like yeah. a layer a layer that allows people to interact right is that it Yeah, no, yeah. And just like, yeah, being able to kind of just get that overall bird's eye view of it and then be able to make um, certain decisions uh, for the community from that or like, where can we be leaning more into? Um, how can we be getting more people to engage with us on um, like in our in our Slack community or a Discord, Discord community? So and how big is Orbit today? I mean, you were number four, number five, right? Yeah, yeah. How many people are there today? Um, today we, we are 12 and we have two coming on this week. So I think we'll be like 14. So yeah, we're, we're growing. Yeah. We're, we're at this really great moment. I think where people are coming on who are really at the, like really hard hitters and, and whatever, like their, um, their area of expertise is. And so it's really cool to see people coming in and just like getting out, out of the way and letting them do their jobs and seeing how orbit grows as as a result 
And how, how do you feel as a junior developer inside that, that, that team at, at Orbit? I mean, how do you feel? Um, what's your place? And because some, I, I feel like at startups, sometimes in the early days, they prefer to hire like very experienced people because they want to get out a MVP quickly. And, and so I feel that I found it interesting that at Orbit, they chose a junior developer for the number four, number five. I mean, uh, it shows that they have a, a different mindset, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I feel so supported. Um, I also am, am surprised that, that that was like a um, something that they decided to take on right at the very beginning because, yeah, I mean, I've worked in, in environments where it's like, oh, no, 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 we don't want anyone below a senior level. And I think the thing about Orbit is that we in general the, the the feeling is that we're really in it for like we're playing the long game and you can really feel that from the inside out and so i think that like there is an emphasis on building quickly and building well but also the fact that like for instance with a junior developer like they i mean they let me know when i was interviewing with them that that mentoring me was was an important like part of why they 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 wanted to bring someone more junior on um i think also the fact of having like a really someone who's like a self-starter and for me i don't necessarily feel like i need to be um handheld all the time like about like okay i need i need to be on call with someone all the time but just like i you know i know how to re re remove things in my way um work with them a bit but then also know how to like reach out without spending hours and hours and hours you might be junior on the code side and the software engineering side, but you're not junior on the entrepreneurial side and you're kind right. of, yeah, that's, that's what they felt actually, right? I think they so. knew that it's... they could trust you with being uh, like maybe more product focused. Yeah. Or... Product focused. And I think so. Able think to work so. in a team and able to, they felt you, you could be autonomous. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also one of like a, a huge um, value that we that we have as as an organization is just like allowing people to be autonomous. And that's one of the major things that I've really loved about working at Orbit is just um, this. It's this really interesting uh, combination of autonomy and support where I feel such ownership over the things I do have. And then when I do get stuck, it's like there's no barrier to just reaching out to someone and asking for help. There's no like feelings of, oh, my God, am I like, am I going to be found out for like not knowing this? It's yeah, it's, it's oh, awesome. that's very interesting. Uh, autonomy and support. I mean, mm -hmm. there can be a balance between that. So, yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. And actually something that we haven't talked about is that Orbit, if I'm correct, is a remote first company, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have any headquarters at all? No, we have an office in Paris. Um, but yeah, for now, no, we're we're totally remote first. Um, we have people, yeah, in Paris. We have people in San Francisco. We have some people in the UK. That could that could scare some people off. I mean, especially junior developers or people that are looking to get into tech because you have to learn... Uh, you have to learn um, coding and, and a lot of other things, but maybe today your first job might be remote. Mm -hmm. And so, well, you had previous experience because at the startup you were working in uh, customer service, you were already uh, working remotely. So yeah, that helped, hard. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally remote. So definitely having that experience. And it's something too that I really loved um, in terms of not just like, oh, I have remote experience. So I want like if my 
if my next remote job would be remote, it, it'd be great. Mine was more like I am actively looking for some oh, okay. company that's remote first. Like I love this lifestyle um, and I love the, the flexibility that comes with remote work. But I can definitely see though, like, especially as a junior who, who, yeah, the, the value of like being in person and um, being able to just like ask a question to someone sitting right next to them uh, rather than like kind of going through this like mental process of, okay, should I send a Slack message now? I just sent one like an, like a couple of minutes ago, but. Um, That's funny because I was talking to a junior developer just a few days ago and, and she was saying that she, she'd prefer her first job to be on site because mm -hmm. she thought that it would be easier to be mentored. And that might be true in some cases, but it's also possible uh, to be done remotely. You just have to adapt. And uh, there are a few, uh, a few tips and a few things that can be done. What could you say about that? I mean, how, how are you able to properly communicate remotely and not feel left out and feel supported? What, what, what do you think um, at Orbit, actually? What are the things that make you feel supported and in contact with your coworkers? Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think just I think it really starts from from the top down here in terms of like creating an, an environment where it just feels psychologically safe and um, and just like inherently supportive. And we I think because it's such a like we're so focused on the like customer experience and the user experience and just like the overall whoever's using Orbit, we want to be um, like doing our best by them. I, I think that really, that translates so much into treating, uh, people well, um, we're like the internal people well and the team well, I think, um, and that's also a thing too, in terms of like a, a healthy, I think a healthy work environment as well is just letting people have the space to, to do what they're, what the work they're going to do, like fostering an environment where there's just, uh, inherent trust trusting of what people are going to do rather than like, okay, you know, you, you, you weren't on Slack at like nine on the dot. It's like micromanagement. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Which I don't, yeah, that does not create uh, a happy. Yeah. So to you, the, the RC environment, RC work environment is the basis for a good, a good relationship and a good mentoring, right? I think so. I think so. And so at Orbit, so you might have some time zones and uh, issues because you were not Everyone is not in the same country. So do you work fully asynchronously or do you also have Zoom calls? How does that work and what's yeah. the proportion of, of, of them? Mm -hmm. We, uh, I would say we're, we're pretty async. Um, we, we, def we have like a weekly all hands meeting where we all um, meet up and kind of like go over what's been going on for, for Orbit in the last week. Um, our engineering team has a weekly meeting as well um, just to, catch up on what everyone's doing. Um, we're very active on Slack, so that's also helpful to like know what people are working on. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think we do like make an effort, uh, something that we, I was talking about with, um, with, with my boss yesterday was like um, how we can 
take advantage of the, that time zone dif difference. Um, for example, we, we've just rolled out a, a Discord integration with Orbit and two of our colleagues on the engineering team, one is based in Paris and one is based in San Francisco. And they kind of spearheaded this project and were able to really harness that um, benefit of being on the two, uh, two different sides. So like when one person's working all day and then they can like hand it off to the next person and then it's kind of an around the clock kind of like being able to to put that more into a process in a system to um, to be used in the future. I've heard about that for like customer support because you you always have someone up at any time but for software engineering that's also very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it worked it worked really well, so So, I want to talk about the collab lab because that's basically how we came in contact actually yeah. because we did I did an episode uh, some time ago with Andrew Edges uh, someone else, actually the one of the founder of the Collab Lab. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I loved that episode, actually. But um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, the, the Collab Lab is basically a um, volunteer run uh, organization that uh, helps give other early career developers the experience working remotely um, and collaboratively with other developers on a common project. Um, so we have uh, weekly syncs and to, or I guess to be more high level, there's, there's basically cohorts of uh, three or four mentors and then four developers. And so every week um, there's two two and two developers that that work on different issues of a common project that's shared um throughout all of the the cohorts and so yeah this is my second cohort be as a mentor um i mentor a group in like the europe middle east africa regions and um yeah it's it's really a great place it's really supportive it's another uh environment that really puts an emphasis on like psychological safety and making sure people feel totally well and um, yeah, and safe being there and that it's a yeah, very open and collaborative environment. It's amazing because I feel like you went from mentee to mentor very, very quickly, right? In 2020, <laughs> you were mentored by software engineers and other people. And then the, the year after you're the mentor. Yeah, no, that totally, I agree. I. Um, <laughs> I had, yeah, kind of go, going back to just like being active on Twitter, I had started following like Stacy and Andrew and then mm -hmm. they had launched the Collab Lab and I was like, this is amazing. This is great. Um, so I'd kind of just been following along like whenever they'd share anything. And yeah, by the end of 2020, so like kind of the end of my like year of self-teaching and um, or like that year of making the transition, uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I mean, I have experience now with React and I feel like I wonder if I could like instead because I was like, I want to apply to be in like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this group. This is amazing. And so kind of again, that same mentality of like, how can I like, how can we kind of flip the script a little bit so that I want to be part of this, but I know that applying to be in it as a developer is a lot more competitive than applying to potentially be in it as a mentor. And so I just put, I just put, filled out an application was like, Hey guys, I've, yeah, I've followed you for a while. I've, I love what the collab lab is doing. Um, here's where I am in my journey. I'm, I'm a self-taught developer, mm -hmm. but I have experience with react and I'd love to potentially be a mentor. And then like, 
I, th I think like a day later I was on the, I was on a call with Andrew and he's like, yeah, let's do it. It's, I'm like, okay. It's amazing. So, yeah. It's, um, so yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things too. I was like, this is where I am. I, I don't have any professional experience yet, um, with, with, as a developer, but I, I mean, I, 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 I think from just like my experiences as teaching myself and, I think I could, I have a lot to add as a mentor and he's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to mention, yeah, I actually started with an episode with Stacey Taylor. That was done mm. by Pierre. I forgot about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, because the Collab Lab is not only about our skills, right? It's not only about React or learning. It's also about learning to work remotely, about working in a team, uh, feeling safe, feeling uh, confident enough. So you have a role, you have a role to play in that. And I guess that's what Andrew saw in you. It doesn't yeah. matter that you were not, you're not yet a professional developer. You also, you already have a lot to, to give to other people. Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think, um, that's so much of what we're, we're trying to do in the collab lab is just like, there, there's so much that, uh, when you, you, you may, may have those fundamental like development skills, but then like when you actually sit, uh, become a part of a team in this regard, especially remotely, um, in like yeah kind of having to coordinate when you're going to work together with your pair partner there there can be a lot of things that you as like a an early career developer you don't see or you don't foresee as as a as an obstacle and so it's really a great opportunity for these developers to be able to have that experience to be able to later put that um you know talk about that in interviews and be like yes i, I do have experience on this collaborative team here are some of the things that i would do um, if I were to work for you and so to really have that concrete experience to draw back from is so is so important So you basically give them confidence to put things out there to I mean on the portfolios and everything that worked for yeah. yourself And I guess your success story might be inspiring to them too, right? I, I mean, I hope so. I, I definitely I felt I always feel too because I'm so close to where they are because I we literally are just one step apart um, in the journey i feel like there's so much that i can i'm able to just kind of model as well just in terms of like look I, today at work i felt like i didn't know anything and i felt like and, and it's really i think it's really uh, gives more of an accessible point of view of being like or, or even um there was one time uh in our last cohort when i was like i shared in our slack team just like oh my god i am having this horrible merge conflict and i have no idea what to do um, and Andrew was like, honestly, thank you so much for just like sharing that you have merge conflicts so that like the mm. other developers know that that's a part of it and that that's what happens. And so, yeah, just kind of like, um, leveraging just that one step, because I think with mentorship also, I feel like you hear a lot that you don't need to be an expert to mentor someone. You just need to be a couple sure. steps ahead of them in whatever it yeah. is. And actually not being an expert might, might reassure people, you know, because yeah. you're not, you sometimes get stuck on, on things. I mean, you don't know everything. And totally. it's something that you have a lot of junior engineers struggle with is that to understand that even the most experienced engineers make rookie mistakes. I mean, it happens sometimes yeah. <laughs> you just spend hours debugging something and you just for, forget a silly thing somewhere, but it happens totally. to everybody. It does. And even that's, that's been something that I've, yeah, I, I feel like at any level, 
um, like I've talked with some of my colleagues at work and just being like, oh my gosh, I've, I made such a mistake. And they're like, oh, I, I did that last week. And you're like, <laughs> really? Oh my God. Okay. I don't feel as horrible then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's part that's, of the job. Laughing yeah. at your own mistakes. Yeah. Right? They're just like, it's just, it's, I think about it now as like, okay, if I'm really struggling with something, it's like, okay, I just have to put in this time now. And then next time this happens, I'll be able to figure it out in like mm. a minute. <laughs> It's all an investment of time, I think. And you know, Alex, the more I listen to you, the more I feel like, um, I mean, where do you see yourself in, maybe, I don't know, five years in tech? What kind of role do you think you would have to play? Oh my gosh, yeah. That's not is... a tricky question. Uh, I know. I, I, You know what? I actually <laughs> feel like I've, uh, <laughs> I was asking myself this um, recently. And honestly, mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, I feel that um, before, like, Like I remember when I was in university, I would be like, oh my God, okay, I, I need to plan for the next five years. I need to like know exactly what's going to happen. And then like even just six months later, everything was totally different. Um, and I, I honestly, I, at this point, I really, really don't know where I see myself. I, I know I see myself still in tech as an engineer. Um, I hope to be able to Uh, be in a position where where I can be mentoring others in a job context. So maybe that's, um, I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I feel like at this point, there, I there's also so much that I'm like uncovering about um, the software engineering career, uh, sure. or career in software engineering. You just started, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, professionally, I mean. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And and I, I feel um, I've used this metaphor a lot but just like I feel like I'm at the bottom of a mountain and there's like so many different paths to take and it's it's really exciting because I get to explore like what like what other people are doing um and that kind of thing I so I I really can't give you like a very succinct answer here but I, I'm excited <laughs> I didn't for the journey I expect a precise answer to be truthful <laughs> okay but good. you know I have some instinct and I feel like we had Joe Carlson uh, uh, a few weeks ago on the show. He's um, developer relations at MongoDB. Mm, okay. And that's something that is really interesting. I don't know if you know much about developer relations, developer advocacy or those roles. Have you? Mm. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I again, yeah, still kind of like learning everything about them. But just, yeah, we... The role is about helping other developers, you know. Mm. Uh, so I feel like you have something of that into you. Maybe you... What day you will go in that direction? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. The the developer advocates and develop people in developer relations that I've met are awesome people, and yeah, it's it seems like such an interesting um, path. I, it's something that I, I'm I'm. Yeah, they're both engineers, and they also they also like to mentor to yeah. make developers' life easier. That's also the community side that you're into today. So I feel like yeah. at the crossroads of everything that is developer relations, you know, with your personal branding as well. Okay, well, I will definitely yeah, my... add that to the, the list of, like a, a path on the mountain. Yeah, that's, what, that's a path. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, there, there's seriously, yeah, so many different, and, and that's the thing too, like as soon as something is interesting to you, it's like, okay, well, that's something that I can explore. I felt with like customer support, I, I, I inherently knew, I was like, there. I've got to, I've got to figure out like what I want to do because 
there's not such a high uh, trajectory of where you can go. I mean, management and yeah, you can be big in like the customer like support. Or, I don't know. But I'm like, I don't want I don't I, I want to do something more that I'm like, really. Yeah, I'm really like building something. And um, yeah, with this, I, I feel like really there's there's so many opportunities. And actually, it reminds me, Devor is also about content creation. And that's also mm -hmm. something that you're interested in. I mean, you made some tutorials, you have some, a podcast too, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, I do. I, I'm still, yeah, I, I did have a podcast during my uh, my year of, my 2020 year. I, I'm wanting to get back into it because I actually just released um, this online course for kind of people in that same, or kind of what we were talking about, just people who are maybe going down the self-taught coding oh, journey okay. or through a boot camp, but like wanting to build their brand as a means to stand out. Where is it available? What platform? Uh, it's actually, it's an email. So it's a course, it's a six weeks, six week course that's delivered uh, module by module each week over email. Yeah, it's, it's called crafting your come up, um, just as a means of like, yeah, building this brand for yourself and, um, yeah so so i think like with the podcast that also feeds into a lot of just like the same themes of like setting yourself apart and um kind of not thinking about things as, as so black and white as we've been thinking before of like okay so i just need to like apply to 100 jobs this mm. week and then get a response from two <laughs> like i don't know um being more just like okay like how can i yeah how can i just show who i am so that eventually, and I think you do, like when you when you build a brand, I think you do still have to go through that interview phase and the job search phase, but then at the same time, you're, you're a lot more, um, I think on your toes and ready to speak about it. Like you have a lot more to, to add to the conversation. Yeah, because it's not, it's less about doing interview prep and more about building your brand. When you're building your brand, basically you're getting ready for your storytelling and, yeah. and everything that you will be useful during your interviews, right? And it will feel more embodied, basically. I think so. Yeah. And and I think it also it just like it, if if someone if an, an interviewer connects with that or it resonates with them, then it's so much easier to just be on the same page right from the get go and just to be able to dive deeper into that rather than really surface level. OK, like tell me about yourself. It's just like, OK, well, what were your motivations for building this project or, um, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, and, and to be truthful, recruiting is a lot about what you're feeling about a candidate. You know, it's mm. uh, sometimes maybe they lack some hard skills or things that you would have wanted, but because their personality, their brand, their brand or what they created talks to you, you might want to hire them. So yeah, as a recruiter, I can I can vouch for that. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, thank you so much. Very nice conversation. Um, where can we find them on social media? What's your Twitter handle? Twitter is uh, Alex L. Salt, uh, salt with two T's. It's kind of like a play on Morton Salt's brand of salt. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's A-L-E-X-L-S-A-L-T-T. -T. So that's Twitter. And then I think from there... Um, we can find everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would encourage people to Google the Collab Lab. That's very, very interesting yes. to check out the website. You can do donation. You can become a mentor. Yeah, definitely check out that website. 
And also check out Orbit. I think the product looks interesting. It's orbit.love, right? Yeah, orbit.love is our website. And then, yeah, you can sign up for an account and kind of play around with it and see um, see how it all works from, from within. All right. Thank you, Alex. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.